Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That On a Friday! It's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. I'm excited. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Leaving Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe for that. It's a packed show. We're going to talk NBA. A lot of interesting stuff going on in the bubble. We're going to talk NFL. Adrian Peterson has set some lofty goals for himself. The NFL is thinking about going virtual. Also, there's an update in the death of Tyler Skaggs. Lots of other stuff to get to, not to mention the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the week so let's just jump right into it there were a lot of big games this week in regards to the bubble in the nba but i want to really talk about three particular games because these games have playoff implications to it and what i mean by playoff implications i mean that these teams can actually see each other in the playoffs whether it be the first round or later down in the playoffs like the conference finals these particular games are very interesting to me so you had the clippers and the mavericks you had portland and denver and you had milwaukee and miami so let's start with the clippers game first half was real tight both teams were going at it they were kind of filling each other out uh luca was playing well Kawhi and pg were playing well porzingis was playing well and then the Clippers kind of pulled away in the second half and sealed the deal in the fourth quarter. Now, why this game is so important to me is because I feel personally that the Dallas Mavericks can push the Clippers to six or seven games. They have a team that can be able to match up pretty well with the Clippers. They have good three-point shooting. They have decent perimeter defense. The Clippers have no answer for Porzingis on the defensive end. And I really believe that Luka is going to give them fits. I think that this is a team that can be able to win two or three games in this series, and who knows what can happen in a game seven. I'm not taking anything away from the Clippers. They're a good team. They're a very gritty, great defensive team, but I just think that this is a team that can give them a lot of problems because they're young, they're athletic, they can shoot the three, they're well coached, and it really takes great coaching in the playoffs to to advance. If it does happen, it has the ability to be probably the best first-round matchup in the playoffs, in my opinion. I'm curious to see how Paul George reacts to a big pressure situation in the playoffs. I'm curious to see how Luka reacts, since this is going to be his first time in the postseason. Poor Zingas as well. So there's a lot of interesting storylines going forward with this with, with this matchup. So I am really, really excited. I hope it happens. Next game on the list will be the Bucks and the Miami Heat. Bucks win this matchup 130 to 116. 
The Heat were up big in this game until they let it slip in the fourth quarter. Giannis went nuts in the fourth and sealed the deal for the Bucks. Jimmy Butler didn't play for the Heat, but Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they both put in 20 apiece for the Bucks. Middleton had a great game. He had 33 points and was shooting the lights out. So really, really entertaining game, which leads me to my point. The Heat are the number four seed right now in the East. The Bucks are the number one seed. If both teams get past their first round matchups, which we think they're going to do, we're going to have an interesting second round matchup. And honestly, I think that this is going to be one of those series that goes probably six games. The Heat are big. They're athletic. Bam on a bayou. Although he's not Giannis, he's an athletic big that can shoot it. He's not great defensively, but he can block shots. He can make it hard for Giannis to score. But this series is going to be won by the role players. Who can shoot the ball the best? The Heat have a ton of youth on their side. And because they're so young, that I don't think fear is going to be an option for them. I think they're just going to look at it like, listen, we're, we're coming for your neck. Nobody thinks that they're going to win but them. Coaching is going to play a huge part in it as well. Coach Bud got outcoached last year. And the same thing can probably happen this series as well, if it does happen. Spolstra is a, is a seasoned veteran. He's a champion. He's a winning coach. And he's been here before. Coach Bud hasn't. So we're, we're going to see what type of adjustments are made if this series does go down. If you want me to put my bold prediction on it, I got the Heat in six. As much as I love the Bucks, I don't trust Middleton. I really don't trust Middleton to be that second guy that Giannis needs to get him to the promised land. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think Jimmy Butler for the for the Heat is going to cause so much issues for the Bucks that they're going to get confidence. It's going to grow. And when young players get confident, those shots start to fall. And then the sky's the limit. So I see an upset in the second round. Next matchup we had was Portland against Denver. Portland wins this game easily, 125 to 115. Dame goes off for 45 points, hits 11 threes. Gary Trent Jr. can't miss. And they pretty much dominated this game. The Denver Nuggets didn't play four of their eight top stars. Jokic didn't play in the fourth quarter. So we can see exactly what happened in that game. They're kind of prepping for the playoffs and pretty much took the night off. Michael Porter Jr. had a great game as well, though. That kid is really, really special. So this particular matchup is really, really interesting. Why? Because a lot needs to happen for them to buck up in the playoffs. But if they did, this would be a fun series because it'd be up and down. It'd be a lot of three-point shooting. There's a lot of good guards on both sides. Jokic against Nurkic, ex-teammate. So that would be an interesting, good, good battle downstairs. So when a hypothetical matchup later down in the playoffs like the Western Conference Finals, if these two teams were to buck up, bold prediction, I got the Blazers. I got the Blazers. I don't think that Denver is ready yet. I think they have a lot of good stars, but they have a lot of uncertainty as well, a lot of inconsistent play from their point guard. Jamal Murray, as good as he is, he can give you 40 one night and then come back and score five. So once they get some consistency from their young guys, I think Denver is going to go to the next level, but not right now. So really, really good stuff during this week, which leads me to my next segment called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. This bubble has been very entertaining. We've had a lot of good jaw-dropping moments. We've had a lot of bad, inconsistent play from a lot of teams, and we've definitely had a bunch of ugly stuff happen as well. So let's start with The Good. Dame Dalla has been on a tear since he's been down here. The Portland Trailblazers are 3-1. and one. 
He's averaging 31 points a game, shooting the lights out from three, and he has his team in position to make the eighth seed and possibly shock the world. TJ Warren has come out of nowhere, has started for the Pacers, and he's averaging about 27 points a game right now. The guy is lights out. He got traded for cash considerations from the Suns. You can imagine how terrible Suns fans feel right now to know that they had this guy and gave him up for a six-pack and a gym bag. It's crazy, but this kid has been lights out. He has the paces in position. They're going to they're gonna be in the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're going to go far, but with this kid, they have potential to maybe upset a few people. Gary Trent Jr., who played for Duke for one year, got drafted in the second round, got traded to Portland, didn't do much his rookie season because he was in the G League and then got into the rotation this year, was playing about 20 minutes a game, averaging about eight points before the shutdown. But since the bubble, this guy can't miss a three. Literally, he can't miss a three. I think he's only missed about seven or eight threes. And him and Dame lead the league in three-pointers made for the restart. So kudos to him. He's definitely playing great. Michael Porter Jr., this kid has showed maturity. He's playing very well in the bubble as well, averaging over 25 points. Big shout out to him. You know, talent was never the problem with Michael Porter Jr. It was about health. He had such a devastating back injury at a young age that you don't know how a kid is going to bounce back from that. It was a serious issue. So the fact that he can be able to bounce back and play at a high level and contribute to this team and really be one of the key cogs in this team it's a great story, and, and I, I love to see it. I love to see it unfold even more. I want to see him get to another level and really become a superstar that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of high school. Last but not least, you got my man Devin Booker. Devin Booker has been light-skinned mamba down here in the bubble. He has carried this team. They're 4-0 in the bubble. They're playing great. DeAndre Ayton is playing well. The young guys are playing well. They're coached well. This is a team that can be able to make some noise if they can be able to ride this momentum and possibly go 7-1, and one, playing that playing game for the eighth seed and, and pull off a big upset. You know, it's, it's not out of the realm of, of possibility. He's averaging over 30 points a game right now, and if he can continue this, this hot streak that he's on, who knows what can happen. Some magic can happen. You know, we, we'll see what happens with the Grizzlies. But it's, it's going to be a fun race down the stretch, and I, I want to see how everything unfolds. Turning our attention to the bad, we have the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> I really don't have anything good to say about this team. They have a bunch of young talent. I get it. But they play no defense. They lost 140 to 125 to the Sacramento Kings. Lonzo Ball is supposed to be this great transcendent point guard. And what are we seeing? We're seeing bad defense. We're seeing bad defense from Brandon Ingram. We're seeing zero defense from Zion. We're seeing no commitment on the defensive end from this team, period. Bonehead turnovers. I am actually shocked that this is a Alvin Gentry-led team because they show no fight. Alvin Gentry is a fiery guy. This team shows no fight at all. Now I understand why the Lakers were so willing to give these guys up because if you guys remember, when they were on the Lakers, the same inconsistency used to happen on the Lakers. No defense, lack of effort, lack of hustle. It made Luke Walton look worse as a coach. Now he's in Sacramento. They're playing a little harder. They're playing tough. They don't have a lot of talent, but they're getting there. This Pelicans team is awful. And to think they had the easiest schedule in these eight games in the bubble. 
the easiest schedule. Why? Because Adam Silver in the NBA wanted to have Zion in the playoffs. Zion versus LeBron is going to be a great first round matchup. The past versus the future. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Instead, what do we get? We get Zion who gets 24 points in 21 minutes and two rebounds. Two rebounds. So they call him Charles Barkley, but he can't rebound. He can't play defense. What can this kid do other than dunk? I, I don't see anything. And then I'm hearing that he's going to sit out back-to-backs. Is he 38 years old? We're talking about a 19-year-old kid that they have on a minutes restriction? Something ain't right, man. Something ain't right with this team. Something's not right with Zion. There's a lot of people that's starting to jump off that bandwagon. Listen, it's early, but it doesn't look good. We're supposed to be seeing Zion go 30 minutes, play all of these eight games, showcase what he can do, and get ready for next season. Instead, we have load manage for a 19-year-old who's 300 pounds. Right. And coming in with the ugly, the Los Angeles Lakers three-point shooting. It is god-awful. They are shooting 23% in the bubble, the worst in the bubble. They weren't a great three-point shooting team to begin with. Before the restart, they were, what, 23rd in the league? So you have an average shooting team that's now in the toilet. They can't buy a basket. Nobody can buy a basket. I really don't want to see Danny Green shoot anymore. Every time he shoots, I cringe. Every time KCP shoots, I cringe. Every time Deion Waiter shoots, I cringe. Every time Kuzma shoots, I cringe. Like, I know it's not possible in this day and age to not shoot any threes, but maybe they should try it next game. Maybe they shouldn't shoot any and just rest their arms for the next game and maybe the shots will come back because they shot 10% against the Rockets. 10%. If I'm on a team and we're shooting 10% as a team and then one of my teammates then takes another three, we're fighting in the locker room. We're fighting because you need to take it to the basket. None of us are making shots. So just do something different. I'm not pressing the panic button with the Lakers. They're trying to figure it out, but man, is it ugly to watch. Last but not least for the ugly, it's the Utah Jazz. I don't want to see Utah play another game. I swear, I don't want to see them play another game. They are boring. They are dull. They look disinterested. They're getting shelled. They're getting beat up every game. They played none of their stars the previous game. They got blown out. It's just a disgrace. I can't stand the Utah Jazz. I couldn't stand them before. I really can't stand them now because they're really hard to watch. They're in Spurs territory in regards to fun factor. They're just not fun to watch. They're really not. I hope they get it together because Donovan Mitchell is an exciting young player, but the rest of that team is just, ugh. So that does it for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the NBA bubble. But, uh turning my attention to something really really serious thoughts and prayers go out to the Michael Ojo family we heard that Michael Ojo passed away today from a heart attack he was 27 years old he played at Florida State from 2012 to 2017 he was playing overseas since that time he was playing in Serbia and suffered a fatal heart attack today and passed away so thoughts and prayers go out to his family it's a really sad day for basketball. He was a great guy. You know, all of his teammates loved him, so it's really unfortunate. Coming up after the break, I got a bone to pick with Charles Barkley. On a Friday, it's all leaving. I am 
am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess, you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So Charles Barkley said that if Portland makes the playoffs, Portland will upset the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round and cause a earthquake to happen in the NBA. Now, before I lose it on Charles Barkley, let's put this into context a little bit. There's been five times in NBA history that an eighth seed has beat a one seed. Back in 94, the Nuggets beat the Sonics. The Sonics had the best team in the West, best team in the league, and they got upset. 1998, the New York Knicks beat the Miami Heat in five games. 2007, the Golden State Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks. 2011, the Grizzlies beat the Spurs. 2012, the Sixers beat the Bulls. Now in that Nuggets Sonics series, the Sonics were up 2-0. They took their foot off the gas, the Nuggets kept pushing, and they beat them in five games. That's what happened. The Sonics did not take the Nuggets seriously. And we all know that famous picture of Dikembe Mutombo laying on the floor with the ball in his hand and he has this big smile on his face. 1998, in the shortened lockout season, the Knicks upset the Miami Heat in the first round in five games. With the Allen Houston soft touch shot off the backboard, it goes in, the place goes crazy. In that particular series, the Knicks, I don't even believe they were a true eighth seed. What happened with the Knicks that year is that they had a lot of injuries, they had a lot of new players, and they were trying to figure it out in a short time frame. They got clicking in the second half of the season, and they rode that wave all the way to the playoffs, rode it all the way to the NBA Finals. So if we had a real season that year, a full season, I don't believe that the Knicks would have been an eighth seed. They would have been a one seed. They would have probably been a top three seed because they were that good. So I say that to say that that series was an even matchup. Anybody could have won that series because they were so evenly matched. They had two physical teams going at it, and somebody had to win. 2007, the Golden State Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks. Now, we remember that year because Dirk was the MVP that year, and Golden State had one of those thug bad boy teams that would not quit, and the Dallas Mavericks were not a tough team. They had no idea what they were up against and got the doors blown off of them. That's what happened to them. They were a one seed that just was not prepared for a physical, tough, no-nonsense team like the Golden State Warriors. 2011, the Grizz beat the Spurs. Why? Because Ginobili was hurt for most of the series. The Grizzlies got momentum and they beat the Spurs. Then in 2012, the Sixers beat the Bulls because that was the series that Derrick Rose tore his ACL and changed his career forever. So that's why they won that series. So I'd say all of these things to say this. The Lakers are healthy. The Lakers have two great stars. They have two top five stars. They are not going to take Portland or any other team lightly in that eighth spot. 
Portland has no answer for AD. They have no answer for LeBron. Portland does not play defense. They are not a great defensive team. Yes, they can shoot the lights out, but they are not a great defensive team. We saw them play against the Nuggets where the Nuggets didn't have four of their top eight players, and Denver made it a game. They made it a game. Lillard had a great game. Gary Trent Jr. can't miss, but they still made it a game. Why? Because Portland will always keep you in the ball game. Their defense is not great. The Lakers are going to have their way with Portland. LeBron is going to get in playoff mode against Portland. AD is going to get his work in against Portland. Danny Green may find his shot against Portland. Kuzma and the supporting cast may find their groove against Portland. Now listen, I'm not saying that Portland's not going to be able to win a game or two, maybe even three, but they're not going to be able to beat the Lakers four times in a seven-game series against LeBron James that they have no answer for. They have Carmelo Anthony there. He's going to be able to try to do something against LeBron, but we all know what the outcome will be. LeBron will dominate, AD will dominate, and the Lakers will get right against Portland just in time for the second round. Charles Barkley has been on the Lakers all year. He hasn't believed in the Lakers all year. He didn't think that they would clinch the number one seed. He thinks the Clippers are better. He thinks anybody is better than the Lakers. So, of course, he's going to pick Portland. Portland is undersized in their backcourt. Dame Lillard is a superstar. We understand that. C.J. McCollum can get you 50 at any given night. We understand that. Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer. Yes, yes, we understand that. But at the end of the day, they do not have enough to withstand the Lakers. They just don't. LeBron James is going to go nuts on that team. Everybody's worried about him that he doesn't look in shape. I can guarantee once the playoffs start, LeBron James will look like LeBron James and everybody will kind of forget about all these bubble games that the Lakers struggled. He is going to go to town on Portland. I feel really, really bad for Portland. I like them. I like Dame. I like the Portland Trailblazers, but LeBron is going to put the beats on Portland. Just put the beats on them. But let's play hypothetical. Hypothetically speaking, the only chance that Portland has is the Lakers need to have a big injury, whether it be to AD, whether it be to LeBron. If that happens, I can see the door being wide open for Portland and they can be able to win this series. But if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a beating. So Charles, cool out, man. Cool out. Cool out with the crazy predictions, all right? Okay, so after the break, the NFL is open to virtual fans. Trey Davies has a lot to say. And AP is setting some big goals on a Friday. It's all leaving. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All even. We here. Let's go. And we're back. So the NFL has come out and said that they are open to having virtual fans this season. A lot of teams are still on the fence in regards to having fans at the games at like 30 or 40% capacity, while you have other teams like the Vegas Raiders who've just opened up their new stadium say that they're not having any fans for this season. So what should the NFL do? Should they mandate that every team follows this protocol of not having any fans? 
yes, that's what my opinion is. I think that they should go full virtual, have all of the big jumbotrons and the titantrons, have all the fans that want to log in to whatever team that they're rooting for on the big jumbotron and celebrate their teams. They can generate a lot of noise, a lot of crowd noise, a lot of enthusiasm with these virtual fans. If you're looking at the NBA on a smaller scale, they've done a great job. It looks good. It's aesthetically pleasing. You can have a lot of people log in. You know, a lot of people have been laughing about who's logging in, watching the games. It's really exciting. So I think the NFL can do it even bigger. Invest some big dollars into this virtual thing, man. It can be a real, real big money maker for the NFL if they decide to jump all the way in. And it's also setting a great example that they're putting the players first, they're putting the fans first, they're putting safety first. So it's it's a win-win for the NFL if they decide to go this route. Set the example, Roger Goodell. Don't be foolish. Make sure you go full virtual and do it big. Do it better than any other league can do it in regards to the virtual stuff. Turning my attention to the Buffalo Bills cornerback, star cornerback, Tredavious White. He was on the fence about playing this season. He was thinking about opting out and decided to opt in and play this season. But before that, he was really, really upset with the Bills fans because he was being criticized for thinking about opting out. Now, here's my take on this. I know that people are very passionate about their sports. They love their sports. They're invested into their hometown teams or whatever team they root for. But this is real life. You cannot criticize a man for wanting to protect his family, wanting to make sure that he's safe, wanting to make sure that he's not bringing anything home to his loved ones. You cannot take this personally. This is sports. This is something that we love. But at the end of the day, people go home. People live their regular lives. People have families. How would you feel if you're thinking about not going back to work because you want to protect, you know, some of the elder people in your family and do the right thing for your family? If people are criticizing you, they're calling you names, calling you a pussy, they're calling you all of these things, and you're just trying to do the right thing. It looks bad on them, doesn't it? We got to be better, man. We got to stop thinking that these guys are robots. They're not robots. They're not superhuman. They're just great athletes and they have feelings. And when you invade their personal life, they're going to get vicious on you. If you want to keep it football and talk about their play on the field, you know, guys that get that get sensitive about that, that's another story for another day. Like I don't really like that. But if you're taking it personal to a person's family or a decision that he's making for his family, that's not the right thing to do. We got to be better. People got to grow the hell up, man. Grow up. You know, they were saying that this is a, a ploy to get more money or get a new contract from the Bills. Like, come on, guys. Like, this is not a time to be thinking about stupid-ass scenarios like that. It has nothing to do with that. If the man wants to stay home and protect his family, he has every right to do that and respect that. Period. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's turn to more positive and happy news. Adrian Peterson, 35-year-old Adrian Peterson, who's still playing for the Washington football team, says that he wants to break Emmitt Smith's all-time rushing record. For him to do that, he may have to play another four years. So he wants to play until he's almost 40. Is that possible? Anything is possible. But is it plausible? N not really. Not really. Because 
he is going to have to keep himself in great shape. Now, look, Frank Gore is still playing football. He's still playing at a high level. He just got signed with the Jets. In order for AP to do this, he's going to have to bounce around for the next four years because no team is going to commit to him outside of a year. So he's going to have to show and prove every time, every season, make that team, make camp, make the roster, and then make his way up the depth chart. It seems impossible, but listen, this is a man that came back from a torn ACL in like two months. So if he can defy the odds like that, I'm not going to count him out, but he's an old-ass man. He may have to just sit down, man. <laughs> he may just have to sit his ass down. Great, great player, but he's playing with that Washington dumpster fire, and I, I pray that he stays healthy, but Father Time waits for no man. It waits for no man. Turning our attention to major news. In Major League Baseball, there's an update in the death of Tyler Skaggs. He was a pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels who died of an overdose. There's been a criminal charge to a former employee of the organization named Eric Prescott K. They say that he was a supplier for Tyler Skaggs and a whole bunch of other players of prescription narcotics. They say that they have numerous text messages between Skaggs and Prescott K, you know, setting up arrangements of dropping off pills and other things. So he's been criminally charged, and it's it's a sad story, man, to, to know that this was actually going on with Tyler Skaggs, and they finally caught this guy, and, you know, hopefully he does some time. So we're going to see how it unfolds, but, you know, it's a really sad story. Everybody loved Tyler Skaggs. He was a great pitcher, uh, young guy, talented, but definitely didn't have to end like this so after the break the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week on a friday it's all leaving this is a public service announcement down in your luck tired of being curved sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady well i got something for you it's called sex panther legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther so you know it's good to men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. We have contestants on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. So here we go. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Ryan Christensen. The bench coach for the Oakland A's. Ryan Christensen is my... Because he made a gesture that looked like a Nazi salute. You can't make this up. I, I don't understand why people continue to do this to themselves when people have cameras or it's on video like nobody can see you. And then to top it off, he says that he was trying to do a chop because every time that they win, he always does a chop salute. That doesn't look like a chop salute, bruh. That looks like Hail Hydra. That's what that looks like. It feels like I was watching Captain America. That's what they did in the movie. 
What are you doing, man? You gotta be smarter than that. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're just an idiot. Maybe you just don't realize how dumb you are. Maybe you're one of those people that takes a Tesla to the gas station and tries to pump gas. Maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're an idiot. We don't know. But we know what a chop looks like, man. That is not a chop. You're now in the Hall of Fame for idiots. So Ryan Christensen, if you never win Father of the Year and you never win a World Series, just know that you were the winner of Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. Make sure y'all have a great weekend. I'll see y'all Monday. Until then, stay safe. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.